Now everyone's making it in film and TV, but we don't really know how. Here we uncover the truth. Welcome to the Your Cinema Podcast. Welcome to the Your Cinema Podcast. Um, this is our first episode. Um, you know, over the years we've done loads and loads of countless interviews and content um just really about the industry um but it's 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 time to start a podcast and um we've got an amazing first episode with you um just to really summarize just honestly man come on come on we we had to start with the big guns in it we had to start with the big guns so um um so yeah like the whole the whole aim of the podcast is really to like explore the truth about um film and tv and hear it directly from those who are smashing it um so yeah each week that's what we're going to be doing um so you know stay tuned and we'll get it cracking um in terms of our first ever episode today um like i said we're starting off with the big guns and um it's a really really special special episode um which will unravel itself um as as you'll see i will introduce our guests one of which you guys will definitely already know and another you guys definitely need to know um i introduce to you first um how do I how do I start? I was gonna say actor, but definitely a multi hyphenate. Um, runs a multi million pound worth company. Um, productions actor, been in <laughs> Netflix productions, BBC productions. Um, not just one off here and there. Definitely, you know, been been honing his skills over the years. He's a household name on screen in the industry and Come in on. the community. Um, Purcell Ascot. <laughs> <laughs> but your screen is blank for me, by the way. Is it the same for you? I'm oh, serious. Oh, no, no, no. I can see. Okay, perfect, perfect. And then our other guest, who you guys definitely need to know, um, he is a critically acclaimed director, over 40 million views on his content. He's made some of the best UK short films we've seen, including Drawn Out and Deep It. Um, he's progressed into TV on his own terms, which is something that we really love, um, whilst also providing like a pathway for young people to come in and do the same, which I've seen myself uh, personally firsthand. Um, I introduce to you Teddy Knight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Good to be. Um, well, do you know what? It's a pleasure to have you, man. Um, and I think the idea and the seed for this really came off of the back of a conversation I was having with Purcell um, when we interviewed him for the festival. And yeah, we were just talking about, you know, the latest release, PTSD. And he just mentioned like, do you know what? So many people, so many people don't really know Teddy, um, but they should. And yeah, it's true. So um, it's a pleasure to, you know, be here talking about, you know, the, the, the new release, but then also shining some light on, on, on you um, and Purcell as well. You get me. Um, you. I'm going to jump you. straight in. So mm. we know a lot about Purcell and his origins, but um, Teddy, like, tell us, like, how did you get into directing? Um, so I started as an actor 
which is why I love directing actors so much. Mm -hmm. And um, I was finding it a very difficult road full of rejection, which I wasn't very good at handling. And I understood that. And I felt, I felt a bit powerless. I felt a bit disempowered by other people always deciding on my fate. And people understand this because you've built your own thing as well. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so then at, at the same time that that was happening and I was doing like my best that I could, I also decided to borrow a camera from my friend from the estate and take it out and start filming my own community based on the fact that someone brought a Lord of the Mics DVD to my house. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. And that was based all in East London. And I thought, North London's got a lot of talent. I want to shine a light on some of the North London talent. Because this was before YouTube. This was 2005. So, um, yeah, I went out and started filming. And I had to learn everything from scratch. I didn't know about filming. The camera was like a camcorder recording to tape, mini DV tapes. Like, you had to go close to get good recording <laughs> on the mic. Like, that was the sound. Go closer, better sound. Go further away, worse sound. <laughs> um, but I learned a lot through that process. I learned, I learned how to edit. Um, I, was, I was taught, somebody help, helped me out early on. Um, a couple of people, actually. One have to big up Buddha. And another I have to big up Darren, and then I have to big up also Ollie, who became and still today I, I edit with Ollie, and now he's on big dramas, and amazing things. His journey has been beautiful, and that's another thing. So many people's journey is so good to see, like, but we will come back to that later. So yeah, that's how it all began, and then the camera and all the footage got stolen, and so I had to decide what was I doing? Am I going to give up or not? Um, and I knew that I wasn't going to give up. So I took it as a message, which was, what are you making? What are you putting into the atmosphere? And what do you want to put in the atmosphere? What do you want to be proud of if someone looked it up in 50 years time? And what impact do you want to have with what you're making? And I realized that what I made the first time round was just hype. It was, there wasn't really substance to it. So second time round, it was a chance to really tell a deeper story. And I think from that moment on, the hustle I had to have with going from a camcorder to the finished film being on the shelves in HMV was immense. And it taught me a lot about what I wanted to do next. And that was really where it all began. Wow. That is, um, that's really profound, that crossroads and that conscious decision um, in terms of like, all right, what am I actually putting out? Um, the reason why I say that is because you see that decision is in all of the content that you've made since then. Like whether you guys do like, you know, back in the day when you do like the, the short, like one to two minute, thing, every, it is always, it has that seed in it, which I think the, yeah, that is the, yeah, that's really interesting. Um, cool. So... One thing, one thing that we were kind of like, um, I was kind of mentioning to you guys before we started, right, is that you guys, like, you've done so many projects together, right? And when you work together, it's always good. Um, mm. First and foremost, the content's good, but then it also resonates with people. 
Um, like, how did that relationship first form? It was the first um, first I mean, project we did together, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Why why stop? I mean, I remember I told Teddy not too long ago. I remember um, we were just talking about at the moment basically, but I remember getting a phone call from my agent, and um, they said that there's a project called Why Stop, and this company could fully focus um, that they were interested uh, or looking at me to play one of the roles. And before like anything concrete was to happen, um, the director wanted to have a phone call with me beforehand. And I remember, um, you know, the call got scheduled and stuff. And then, you know, I'm, I think I'm probably about 18 years old, still quite, you know, new, very new to industry, but very nervous as well at the same time, you know, having these these conversations. But I remember chatting to Teddy and um, just feeling so comfortable, really, on the other end of the phone. Like, I think Teddy just talk, spoke through, like, the vision of what, you know, Wirestop is about and, and and telling me more about fully focused and NYM and stuff like that, basically. And um, yeah, immediately I wanted to be a part of it, like, you know, 100%, but more, more, I think, especially when we did the Wirestop project and seeing how that kept, like, you know, the, the, the execution of that project. And it's still, I was kind of, I was still learning, you know, what fully focused was about in terms of ethos. And then it hit me as I, when I, you know, watched, watched Wirestop, I was just like, wow, that, that was a really well put together project with with a good with a really good team you know everyone was a family that there were so many young people on set i couldn't believe it I, I was in shock like there's a guy called jake who's still there you know what i mean uh, to, to, to this day but yeah there were so many young people that were uh collaborating it made me feel comfortable there were some actors as well that teddy had that you know were very established as well so it was quite nice working with those guys um daniel uh, was in youngers with me so we we had known each other and Danielle was also shooting for Y Stop, and um, yeah, that was like the first of, of course, many projects really. But it was a nice um, introductory like experience working with FF, and obviously from then on, I was always like, yeah, if if Teddy picks up the, the phone and calls me, I'm pro I'm I'm gonna say yes, you know what I mean? Because I know at the end of the line, there's gonna be a really sick project, basically. Oh, that's amazing. We've done five films together now, you know, and. Mm. Um, I just think Purcell is such an incredible actor that when we get together, we always push the boundaries. Mm. And because we have mm. that trust and that respect there, we're able to go to those places that you can only go to in a safe mm. space. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You can only go to when there's trust and you can only go to when there's belief. And we believe in each other so much and in what we've built and in what we want to achieve and when we put a film out there that we really want people to feel and it's a very powerful thing and it's a very powerful tool and i think every time we've come together we've just like raised the bar again okay what are we going to do this time you know yeah. but it's because there's a lot of heart in what we do you know um it's like you you mentioned trust right teddy in terms of um, you guys having that. And I can, I can see it on Purcell's face as well, like when he's talking, like just the smiling, like he just doesn't stop smiling, thinking about it. Um, and he's worked on so many projects, as have you, right? Like, what, is there anything that you do to like build that trust? Because, you know, that's like, 
having those people that you can trust on set, especially when there's so much money at stake, there's limited time, um, and really you want people that are going to authenticate and portray the truth. Like, how has that been built over the years? Or has it just been organic, I guess? I can answer. I'd love to answer just a part of that, um, Ted. Just something that he does, like, yeah, please. as a director, he, he just, he takes away the pressure from people. And I see him do it, like, over and over again. Uh, Teddy will do, you know, just, just even how he greets the crew in the morning, like, gets everyone, like, just feeling warm and feeling, like, grateful and together. I think there's such a unity when, when every time I'm, I'm working on a set of um, FFs and also... I think we all understand like the goal. I think that's what it is as well. Like Teddy mentioned, it's like we all want to achieve this thing, and it it goes right through, you know, to every member of 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 the crew. And I think that's always important. I feel like every project we've done has an element of love and and passion in in, in it. And um, you know, regardless of views and regardless of traffic, I think ultimately we're just trying to make something that people can be proud of and it's going to impact people. But yeah, just in terms of like Teddy's nature and his character, like, you know, everyone knows that Teddy, Teddy is a character, but he's a character because he's doing it for a reason. Like it's a, it's a purposeful thing. Cause I, I also get it. You know, I've also, you know, had the, the privilege of like, you know, um, directing small bits in here and, or producing uh, uh, bits on our projects and stuff. And I think I've definitely like, taken those aspects of what Teddy does, you know, in terms of just making, you know, new and young actors feel just, just comfortable enough to just like, you know, to, to play, you know, to express themselves. And, and I just think that's such a, it's such a small thing that he does, but it's such a massive impact. I don't know if he realizes that he does do it, man, but it's always been something I've been quite fond of. Oh, thanks man. That's nice to hear. Yeah. I think, um, it's, there's a lot of respect there. I respect Purcell's craft very highly and Javan's craft very highly. I respect what you guys have built with Wall of Entertainment, Wall of Comedy, Wall of Productions. And um, there's a lot of respect for what we're doing and the subject matters. They, they come from the heart. They come from lived experience. They come from, um, we care about this deeply. And it's, it's like what I learned when Cla the project that I first worked on is called Clash of the Tight Ones, where opinions clash and the rhymes are tight. <laughs> that was the project. And when, when that got stolen, what I, the story I wanted to tell was about the art and the heart of rap. So looking deeper at the art and looking deeper at the heart of it. And I think the art and the heart is still a big part of why I love what I do. I think the heart comes first because I love it so much. And I love that family element you get when you make films. It's very powerful. And that we're all, like he said earlier, we're all in it together to create something powerful, something special, something that can essentially change people's mindset, can make an impact in the world. But then we want to craft it beautifully as well. We want it to look beautiful. All the little minutiae of the tiny details I love to be meticulous about because that's all part of the art. That's part of painting the picture. And so both of them mean so much to me. And the fact that you get to work with all these different people that have that same um, intention and have that same drive and passion and the love of it 
and all together, it's, everyone's got their own different kind of idea in their head of how it's going to be. But somehow you all align to create the end. And I think having that mutual respect there between us is a big part of why the trust is there and the shared goal as well. I think it's a big part of it. And yeah. the way that we see each other, like we are like brothers. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. that, and that, that gets built up over time. It doesn't happen immediately, but mm-hmm. if you're um, an energy person, then you can get that bond quite quickly with some people because the energies align, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I think we're energy people, all three of us, we're energy people, you know? Mm-hmm. I love that. You too, I love that. I love <laughs> that. You know, like, Purcell, you really... Um, you 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 touched on something um, and i'm so happy you 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 answered it first because i guess in teddy being himself he's not going to realize mm, yeah a lot of what you said yeah, um yeah but cuz there's the craft but then yeah. we've all worked with people who are amazing and it's like ah it doesn't matter i don't want to work with you again because them mm. as a character is just off putting but mm. I, I love how you beautifully explained, like, do you know what? His character helps to elevate his craft as well as yours. Mm. Um, Amen. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's amazing. Um, Teddy, I have been there when, um, you know, some of, some of the um, iconic productions have been taking place and all of that stuff. Um, and often, like, the budgets aren't huge, but you know, there's so much passion um, in the team and so much skill and craft, right, that a lot of the times, if not all the times, the the, the projects come out looking a lot bigger and better than what, what the budgets might be. Um, yeah. I was going to ask you how, but I think probably what might be more important um, and interesting, right, is what does that feel like for you as a director? Because I know you've got, like, big dreams and ambitions right but like playing that thing between like limited resources but we need to go here like how like yeah what mm. is that like for you as a director ambition is is a key word i think i've always always been ambitious with every project with the first one i ever touched which when it got stolen the next time around i was like okay i know what i'm gonna do this time and the ambition was super high and the same when I did my first music video, it was for gigs and it was for the song he wrote for his mum, You Raised Me, which actually ended up being a double video because he wanted to introduce Open Up as well. So we did a video for Open Up, but it was only for half of the song. And we did the full video for You Raised Me and we did them back to back in the same shoot and then we put it out as a double video. Gigs put it out as a double video. Um, and my ambition for that was mental, mental. You would not think that was my first music video. You'd think that this is a guy that's been directing music videos, but it's, the vision was just nuts. And I thought, if I can see it in my mind, then hopefully I can bring it to life. And I remember having this moment on set where we had one of the big screens, one of the big monitors, and I saw what we had planned for come to life. And it was incredible. And I was like, wow, it actually worked. And it was a mad vision. Like the vision was ge- geisha girls. If anyone knows geisha, what geisha, the Japanese mm-hmm. geisha girls, they have their faces painted white 
And then you've got Harajuku Girls, which is like a punk version of a geisha. And it was like taking that concept and taking a Japanese concept and throwing it into the club in his imagination because he's come into the club drunk. And so there was a lot of makeup. There was a lot of costume design. There was a lot of set building. There was a lot of stuff that needed to happen for it to look decent. And so we did all the rehearsals of those things. We did costume and makeup rehearsals. Like we did choreographer rehearsals, dance rehearsal. We did all the stuff rehearsed so that on the day, I knew that it would, it would work. But the point is, ambition-wise, it was super high. The budget wasn't super high. The cinematographer that I was lucky enough to work with at the time, his journey is mad. He's won a BAFTA and an Oscar now. Like, not to say that doing the music video had anything to do with that, but the point is that I worked with him early on. I could see he had mad talent. And, um, yeah, he just recently won, won a BAFTA and an Oscar for, for his cinematography. So from early on, I guess, I just had a, a massive vision that I wanted to try and um, uh, execute. And I felt it was even more important with all the work that we do with The Next Generation because we don't want to pat on the head for our work. We want to compete with the best with our work, even if we don't have the budget, because we want people to just be blown away by it so that you can't belittle it, you know? Because it's too easy to write it off as, oh, it's a made by young people or it's a whatever project. And so I think that we've instilled that same sense of ambition, but with the space to make mistakes, like make mistakes all day, because that's how you learn. And here you can do that. In the industry, when you get out there, it's much less likely that you'll be able to make mistakes. So that, that is still super important. Um, but essentially, long answer to your question, I think having ambition and a vision, it means it's quite tiring as well because it's not easy mm. to execute when, you, when the budgets aren't there. But it also means that you have good training. So when you do have the budget, you know how to utilize it well. 100%, 100%. And when you guys did Prue, did that, did, was that, like, did that change? Was that, like, an example of, um, like, being able to, to, to execute that vision a bit better? And when I say Prue, for those that don't know, um, that's a BBC yeah. series that, um, um, Fully Focused had, had commissioned and Teddy directed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it was definitely a better budget than we'd worked with on anything else um, up to that day, essentially. But also it was an opportunity for the young team to get opportunity and step up. And we created 60 paid placements on the show, 60 in total, which was phenomenal. But yeah, it was an opportunity for us to do what we do. They let us run our set as a fully focused set. And that was an incredible experience. It made me feel very, very proud that here we are doing TV, but doing it the FF way yeah. and keeping it as an FF set. And even people that were coming off huge sets would come across and they'd be like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like, this is what we need. This is what the industry should be more like. And that's what we're trying to do is, is show that. But it was still budget restraints. There was still plenty of restraints because it's comedy. You don't get a big budget for comedy. And so what it meant is we didn't have a massive budget, but we had a lot to shoot because, as usual, ambitious. And 
we had we were shooting in the darkest, coldest months where it gets dark super early, December, uh, November, December, January, and a bit of February just broken up because we had COVID shutdowns as well to deal with. We had um, huge amount of young generation on set to coordinate in COVID. We had a lot of the cast was their first big project. Some of them it was their first project on screen. Plus, it's a comedy, so it has to be funny, and you have to hit the timing. Plus, there's scenes that are eight-handers, seven-handers, six-handers. That's a lot of angle. That's a lot of reactions to cover. That's a lot of shooting you need to get in the can for just one scene. You know, some films you only have two-hander scenes and three-hander scenes, and they're just beautiful. And some days on the call sheet, when I would know that we had those scenes coming up, I'd be like, yes. Can just actually shoot two people today <laughs> having a conversation, um, and so yeah, we had to shoot all four episodes, uh, which were about thirty plus pages each. So let's say one hundred twenty plus pages in twenty six days, and um, we shot over eight hundred slates. So, you know, when you go on set and you get to one hundred, people always cheer like one hundred slates. Um, Maybe not on the big sets. Maybe they don't bother because they're probably doing a thousand plus set slates easy. But still, eight hundred slates in um, twenty six days. It's a lot. So, although the budget was better than usual, the scale of everything was way bigger than usual. You can't do gorilla anymore. Like we've we've haven't been able to do gorilla for years because you have to do everything compliant. You know. So. Um, it, you still, and I think it's the case. To be honest, I think P will probably find this as well. Even on the big shows he's on, it, it doesn't matter how much money you have; you never have enough because the scale of what you're doing always changes. If you're doing a show with Netflix, every single person that you hire, they're gonna expect Netflix money because of the brand, the name. They know what it is; they expect it. Um, when you're doing a show by yourself. You people know, okay, it's a small project, so expectations can also change with the budget, as do the amount of people that you have to pay before the shoot, during the shoot, and after the shoot. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. Nah, but you guys, yeah, you've done well, and you continue to um to do well with uh I guess in that battle between budgets and ambition but and we all love it um <laughs> Purcell, <laughs> Purcell when we caught up with you um this was I think a few years ago this might have actually been um during COVID as well right mm. you said something that I thought was so profound you said that like yeah cool those big shoots for netflix and all of that stuff that's amazing but you love and prefer like the community style short films and like why why is that man it's simple it's just because i feel like um just we have that instant impact of with the people that we're trying to make the content for, you know, you have that instant gratification, I, I'll call it, but you have that instant impact with just seeing how people, were, you know, reflect to the work as well, like seeing the comments when we dropped deep it, you know, seeing the comments when we dropped, you know, rewound forward and, and drawn out, it, it's like, it's mesmerising because you're seeing the kind of the change and the conversation like taking place like there and then. 
um, and just that raising awareness, whether you know people are kind of talking and, and sharing and mixing with just different things, whether it be at the, you know the premieres and the screenings that we've gone to. I've told Teddy a few times, you know, every film we've dropped, like at the premiere, even though I've been in the film, I feel goosebumps. Like I've never felt, you know, the way I feel about the films that we've made, I don't feel like that so much when I work on like the bigger stuff, you know, whether it be on BBC or Channel 4, Netflix, wherever it is. Uh, not to discredit any of, any of the places that, are, you know, or, the, or discredit any of the projects I, I've worked on, but it's just, you know, there is a difference between when you're working on something that you're with, with passion and there's something different when, you know, you, you're kind of, you're given a role and, and you're a part of an already, you know, bigger machine, basically, that you're kind of like tapping into. Whereas with the stuff that we do, you know, everything, you know, down to like when, you know, we have like two, three hours to go. Like everyone's, you know, um, trying to pick up a bag or two or whatever it is to try and move location. Um, you know, everyone's just putting in, in, in the passion. You can see that in every, in all the actors' eyes, you know, everyone really, really cares. And even just the moments that we created on scene together, like I think... Some of them for me have been probably the best acting performances I've I've been able to create. You know, um, Teddy given me the opportunity to play some of the characters that I've done in the past, whether it be scraps and drawn out. Like that, that's something very big for me to mention is that I'm not given these opportunities on on, on different projects that I, you know I've tried to. I don't get the audition for, if I'm honest with you. You know, even though I can, I know I can do it. I've got the potential. I've got the range in there, but. You know, I, I'm not given the, the the chance. Whereas with FF and Teddy, like they give me the the, the opportunity, the chance. You know, Scraps was a put as a character that to this day, there are people that come up to me and say, I don't recognize you in that role. Like you don't, you and that person are two different people. And of course, it's like mission mission achieved or, 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 or it's been successful. But that's because it's a collaboration effort between myself, Teddy, and and the rest of the, the rest of the team. Because when we did that scene that day. We had, you know, that was one take, you know, uh, it was, it was, it was crazy. We like, we had rehearsed it, rehearsed it, but ultimately it came down to just all of us trusting our instincts and, and trusting our gut. And, and, um, you know, like I just said, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away by the work that we created. And, um, it, it also, I think the stuff that we've done over the last 10 to 12 years, I think I said, I mentioned to, this to you earlier, Pierre, off the, off, you know, before we started recording, was just like, you know, we just want the opportunity to be trusted with uh, the opportunities to, 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 to do more narrative. Like we deserve that. I think all the work we've 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 achieved and all the success and stuff for that, you know, but but, you know, to the industry, you know, not not many of our short films have been, you know, recognized by, you know, the, the, the academies or the BAFTAs or even the BIFA, you know, like it just it's frustrating to me that there is this this divide between what we do online to what we do and what we see on TV and film, basically. Even though, you know, we're creating and we're speaking to an audience that want to be served, that are desperate for this type of content, that, you know, that we're making content that they, they, they see themselves or they relate to, but still, um, you know, the commissioners or whoever just aren't taking the, 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 the chances or the risks on, on people like ourselves. And I think that's what pushes me and, and, and makes me so passionate is just the fact that I have this drive to show them, you know, that we, we are here, you know, like our work is credible. You know, you could put our work next to, you know, things that are, are Oscar nominated or BAFTA nominated. It doesn't matter. Like we... Even though we can have smaller budgets than those those projects, we can still make things that are just as impactful, entertaining, and and just that has a voice and speaks to our community basically. And I, I don't think I'll ever stop doing that. I think I've made a commitment to myself, and 
I, I know what I want to do for the rest of my career and, and, and it's, a, it's, it's to be working on things like this and, and to keep on working with teams like Fully Focus and to keep working with Teddy. You know, Teddy's my, he's my, my Scorsese, you know, and um, I feel like we, we're going to, you know, make years of films, you know, one after the other. You know, we just need just, just some more support because we are already doing, you know, really incredible things, basically. And I feel like when people watch PTSD, it's going to be another film that is going to make waves, basically. But this time, what's different is that instead of being modest about it, I'm going to shout, I'm going to, I'm going to scream, and I'm going to let the industry know that we are here, like we deserve to be in the room. And you're going to, you know, PTSD is going to make that noise and, and we're going to be in there regardless if you want us in there or not. Like, you know, the audience and the people are going to, are going to also help us, you know, get into these positions of opportunity as well. 100 100 well said wow. i love that i love that i love that um so talking about ptsd right yeah. um i'm not sure how the inception of it came around right because purcell you mentioned that it was there so i don't know where that idea came from and all of that stuff so i'm asking both of you and how however it falls is however it falls but like what made you explore that topic of like mental health and trauma that we see in PTSD. Yeah, so for me, from the from the early inception, I had an idea that from from lived experience that we have a major issue with unaddressed trauma. And how I felt about that is if all this trauma is going unaddressed, then we're in this cycle of hurt people, hurt people. And unless the trauma is addressed, it's very difficult for the cycle to be broken. And so it felt like that was a really good place to start because I know trauma is not always popular and trauma is not always trending. And I understand that. And I feel like we definitely need more stories that are everyday normal stories, uplifting, powerful, empowering stories. And we make those and we celebrate those and we, we have a platform dedicated to those with MYM. But at the same time, sometimes we need to run towards and face the more difficult stories. And if you want to see actual solutions actions around solutions sometimes it needs to be it needs to cut through all the noise it needs to disrupt the noise and it needs to grab people and say you need to do something because we're at a place now where a lot of us have children and a lot of us have families that we we could lose one of our family members we People are losing their family. People are losing their children. And we've got to a place where every day, every week, we're hearing about another young person has been killed. And we don't even hear about the ones that are not killed, that are injured for life, traumatized for life. That's a way bigger number. That, that one, you can just go, go to the hospitals for the injuries for that one. Um, and it's an epidemic, as far as I'm concerned, that's around the whole country now. It's not just London. It's not just major cities. This could be kids of any demographic. This can touch kids of any class. It can be anybody's child. And 
that's one of the things one of the things that I felt was important to say but in terms of solutions it felt like trauma addressing trauma what can we do to help support those that need help to process trauma to get work through it um and so based on that seed of an idea we sat down with the young team and for 20 weeks we met up every single week and um came up kind of fleshed out the idea of this story um with the simple concept of if the victim came back to haunt the killer what would the conversations be like and then Sheila Nortley came on board who's a brilliant writer and she wrote the screenplay and back and forward with us and the young team we got it to the place where we were ready she did an amazing incredible job with it and then at some point during that process i would have reached out to Pete and said we got a new one it's a big one <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. No, thank you for that breakdown. So, like Purcell, right? So you get the call from your mm. Scorsese, right? Yeah. What What was it like reading the script when you got that? Because it's forty five minutes, so it's like, in terms of you know, if if we have a theme right now, it's ambition, right? This is probably the longest project that you guys have done together. What What's yeah. that feeling like when you receive that script? Oh, I, I can't lie to you. I, I was excited. A hundred percent I was excited because I think as Teddy was explaining everything to me on the phone, I'm seeing everything as a, in, in pictures. I'm, I'm watching the film and like um, as he's going through what Cody's journey is and then uh, what Faisal's you know doing as well in 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 this uh, this uh, the, the kind of plot and stuff like that and just just for me I just felt um I felt connected man I felt engaged I felt like emotionally I was already like like touched by what what Teddy was saying and stuff and especially with the unaddressed trauma it's such a I think we always do this right like of course we're taking um, sensitive, uh, sensitive topic. Um, but what what I feel like Teddy's done, which is really, uh, really well, is just finding a niche within something that we don't talk about the taboo stuff. And I think Sheila mentioned this to me as well when we've had conversations. Like cinema, cinema is an empathy machine, and we have to disrupt that noise. And then I just felt like okay. I could see my positioning and I could see how I can lend my talents to basically help help do this, help create this impact and stuff. And um, I think that's that's it for me. I'm seeing, I'm excited, you know, of course, wanting to be a part of this, but also I'm seeing the challenge in front of me. I'm going, okay, cool. Like, what can I do to lend, what can I do to help to help to bring this to life? And I think even especially with some of the scenes, they're, they're harrowing. Like, they're, they're um, in, in most of the stuff that we've created in the past, like, I feel uncomfortable when I watch a lot of that stuff, and and that is the that is for me is, is the right message I'm trying to get across as an actor is I don't want you to sit through this and feel comfortable. I want you to feel like you have to do something right now. Like you don't want to watch the end of the film and go, okay, cool, let's go back to general life. No, like what 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 are we, how can we have that self reflection? How can we have that conversation in ourselves and also our community around us? 
to say, what am I doing? Am I doing enough maybe to help certain people? You know, it could be just even just to pay something forward for that day. You know what I mean? Just just share a bit of kind, a bit of kindness. But ultimately, you know, yeah, my job as an actor is, is okay, how can I take on that challenge of disrupting that noise and making sure that people feel impacted about, you know, what they're watching, you know, the, the emotions that my character's going through and stuff. And I think that's that's the main thing for me. It's like, how can I achieve that? And, you know, if, if I have done that and made some, you know, one person think about their choices or think about what they're doing maybe in their life or whatever it is, then I feel like I've, I've kind of helped, you know, um, put, put this thing together. Um, but yeah, I was really excited because I think even hearing, um, you know, that we, we had uh, Nico attached to, to the project as well. He's an amazing and phenomenal actor. He's, he's, a, he's a powerhouse, man. Uh, Ian Hart as well, <laughs> you know, he, he his career speaks volumes. And the fact, like, this is what I'm saying, you got these big actors now, these big artists that are now attracted to working with us and, and these types of projects is because they can see what we're, you know, what we're doing here. And of course, not to mention, you know, there's Georgia, there's Sam, there's, you know, the other Georgia who are, make up my friendship group in the film and stuff like that. Um, that we had Junior, Ricky, there's so many good actors, man, across the whole board. Everyone was super, super passionate about you know about doing this together so um we had such a great ensemble of people who were passionate and were driven by the same thing basically yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of love in this project a lot of people have dipped into their soul for this you know and Purcell and Nico they went on a mad emotional and 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 Georgia both Georges and Sam as well, but I mentioned Purcell and Nico because they had to go through it throughout the film. When we did the, when we did the scenes, yeah, remember the scene in the kitchen. The, there was a scene in the bathroom with uh, uh, general in the house with me and Nico, and um, I think there was one point where where I think Teddy yelled "cut," and me and him just like looked at each other. We were like, <laughs> we kind of gave each other a hug. And was like, "Well done, man. <laughs> Keep going," because we knew that this is something that. I think, again, like, I don't know what, I, obviously Nico can speak for himself, but for me, like, I was, you know, I was tested, man. This this emotionally, it, it was it was super, super difficult, super challenging, harrowing, you know, but, you know, ultimately we're in a safe space to do this, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, we, we, we welcomed that, you know, we welcomed that and, you know, it was great to visit those places because it just felt like we were, we were doing this script, you know, the justice it, it needed. Wow. You know what, Purcell, you said something so interesting in terms of like being tested and really having to put your all in. Um, I guess from 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 an actor's perspective, right, what was your rehearsal process like uh, for this? Because uh, yeah. I'm conscious that, you know, on screen, the, 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 the rehearsal time isn't great, but then this means so much to you. So what, yeah, what did you do? Yeah, um, to, to... Great, grateful for this actually, because um, the, the, Teddy and the guys actually designed, uh, gave us that time to rehearse. I think we had, I can't remember Ted, was it two weeks or a week? I'm not too sure um, how long we yeah, had we rehearsing before. we did quite a before. few days, didn't we? We did, we did quite a few days, yeah, but we worked on like a lot of the scenes basically, especially like the chemistry between me and the guys and stuff in our group. Um, we even picked out our name, uh, NRG and stuff like that. Like we just, we just like, and you sit on camera, but we had such a good chemistry because of that rehearsal time. And then even for me and Nico, like we got to rehearse a few of those, those scenes and stuff. 
um, which was great because it just saved us a lot of time. You know, when we get to set and you have to problem solve, you know, with not much time, at least we had like a base to work off. Um, so we did a lot of that work. Sheila was there as well on some of the rehearsal days. Um, but, but what was great was that, yeah, you know, we had that, that foundation. And then, of course, when it comes to, you know, putting on a costume, you know, um, going on set, then, of course, we can just put our all in and, and you know, deliver, um, you know, to, to, to that next level, basically. I love that. I and love the thing that. is, with this, it was about next level. Um, this, this isn't a drama. This is a psychological thriller. Do you know what I mean? And for me, it was really, I was really excited to be able to go somewhere a bit different. And I wanted to, again, about challenging ourselves and trying to do something more visually unique and bringing in even a supernatural element to it, but then still being able to justify it. And yeah. But that giving us space to do something more creative, more interesting and go a bit deeper as well. And that was a really exciting prospect. And now when I look at Still's uh, screen grabs from the film, they're beautiful. Like we've, we've created so many paintings with this film. And once the film comes out and the Still's start coming out, and I'll send you a whole bunch of them, P. I've been selecting, going through and selecting um, so that you can use them as well. And I'll send I send out to different people, but um, it it's shown me that you know sometimes you need to see it as a still because a frame captured in time is a beautiful moment, but a frame moving it's gone. So you'll 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 definitely notice lots of beautiful shots and moments in the film when you're actually able to freeze it and look at it, you can actually really take it in and appreciate it. And I feel like we've done that with this film. We've created some painted moments. And there's beauty and there's pain. Do you know what I mean? And that's life. I love that. Teddy, you're so deep. I love that. I know, I know. Um, I am, I am. But this um, one is a deep but... one, so there's no, there's no way around it, you know? Yeah. Nah, it's true. And I think, you know, like, people that really direct, right, um, I noticed that with them in terms of, like, the, um, the, the beauty and actually just having that instinct of this has to, like, no, this has to be right. This has to be great. Um, which is, so it's just interesting that you're just naturally oozing that. Um, in terms of the deepness, right, Purcell, like, Essentially, you're playing like two characters. Like, there's Faisal. Well, I I don't want to do any spoilers, but you're essentially playing two characters. Yeah, what? Like, how did you navigate that? Um, yeah. To be honest with you, uh, like with the help of Ted, to be honest with you, working out like just that that narrative journey. But it was just I think because um. I don't, I don't, I don't know what I can say that it's not a spoiler, <laughs> but yeah, it was just, um, it was those two conversations. It was quite interesting because of course there was, um, it was mainly just like the Faisal you see with Cody and then, you know, and then with, with just them two in terms of that dynamic and then, you know, the Faisal that you see just with the general group and stuff. Faisal before um, and Faisal after. Yeah, Faisal before and Faisal after. And I think it was interesting because it was like having that conversation with someone 
and of like what they have done. It was it was so like I've of course you know like you don't get that when you pick up a, a you know the scripts I, I always read and stuff like that. And it was just interesting because um, mm. emotionally where that went to, and even at the end of the of the film, you know that last scene between us both and stuff like that was yeah that was something man because it was like just yeah just because of what he has done and the consequences that have led to that and what that has in done to impact my family and just emotionally what what Faisal was going through in explaining that to, to, to Cody was just something else as well so yeah it was um I think uh I think we shot did, did we I think we shot a lot of stuff in a linear way didn't we Ted I think um I think we had it blocked in we terms tried. of scheduling. I think we, yeah, we tried to. We had a lot of the stuff in the house. That's it. Yeah, we had a lot of the stuff in the house yeah. uh, with me and Cody, all of those scenes. And then, you know, the, some of the stuff like that took place near the canal. So I think I just visited each day as, as it came, if that makes sense. P, P, like, just was like, okay, cool. This is what I need to do in the house. And these are all the beats that I need to hit that Teddy was kind of talking me through, basically. And each take, it was just about just trying different things, maybe. And also just like Teddy mentioned about pushing the levels, just constantly challenging me and Nico to find, you know, like just deeper and deeper, like depths to what we could bring out, basically, in terms of performance. And I feel, I feel like we did that, man. And, you know, with the house, I think that we, the dates of our shoot changed. And then the, so the dates the house was available changed. So we ended up having yeah. to shoot the house stuff first. So like day one, P and Nico were going into some deep emotional <laughs> stuff. And um, yeah. you guys just had to like throw yourself in and find it. Yeah, I think and, it was our, um, our first day. Yeah, like, was, Hello, nice to meet like, you. And it was like straight, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not easy. Not easy, but luckily because yeah. of the rehearsals and stuff, we'd we'd built yeah, that bond, yeah. and that's for me yeah. a big part of what rehearsals are about. It's about creating that bond, you know. Um, if you're working with newer talent that maybe has it might be their first production or they've only done one or two, then of course it's good for them to practice and stuff. But also for experienced actors, it's just good to play, just have that space to explore, because on set you don't have that much time. No. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think rehearsals are valuable for that. And I've done them on everything. Even on Prue, I was like, we should definitely do them. Yeah. And we did, yeah. thankfully. Because I just think that they're super useful. You know, but you don't want to, when you're working with experienced actors, or any actors actually, you don't want to go too far. You don't want to over-rehearse it because you need to keep yeah. freshness for the day as well. So it's a yeah. bit of a balance. I love that, man. I love that. I love that. I love that. And long may it continue. Um, I'm looking forward to to seeing the reactions to PTSD. Um, I know it's going to be good. It is. You can see the effort and the love and just the craft that's gone into it. Um, I'm not just saying that people will, will, will get it when they watch it. Um, and yeah, man, happy to support. So... Make sure you guys all go and watch it, man.